Hello and welcome everybody to the Six Pixels Under podcast. My name is Nerd Slayer. I am your host, and this is episode forty-five. Uh, today is a short sleeve or no sleeve kind of day because it's like over a hundred degrees outside. Okay, before the nerds assault me for wearing something so skimpy. All right. Um, on this week's podcast, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Obviously, we're going to talk about some WoW. And we're going to talk about some Final Fantasy and MMO stuff later on, on the, uh, in the MMOs on the Go segment. But first, let's just get to our current gaming topics. We have a couple today um, that I wanted to get into. There's two in particular, actually. Um, there's been some recent uh, update about the, I guess it was like a labor scare that happened with Rockstar. And the good news is, is apparently... Uh, They are upgrading the people who are working as part-time game testers but working full-time hours to full-time positions so they can actually get the benefits from being uh, a full-time employee. And as far as I could tell, this is one of the first times I've seen a labor dispute actually be kind of successful uh, for video gaming, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Where is my other camera? I don't know where my other camera is. Anyway, sorry. For the people who are listening, you're probably like, I can't see you. But this is the first time I think I've really seen a big change. In fact, I think it says that somewhere. It says, Such granular changes to work pa- workplace policy are seldom made public nor covered in gaming news. But in recent years, journalism, activism, and at times a mix of both, have brought greater attention to taxing labor involved in making the games, so many people enjoy. So I guess that's just the writer himself, or her uh, himself, um, attributing part of this uh, to the whole idea of um, awareness having been brought to how bad things are in terms of labor and uh, crunch, and really just crunching in general, how bad it is in gaming and how accepted it is. I guess he's just postulating that now with the recent developments, and also uh, Rockstar actually listening past a certain point, it's, it's good to see change like this actually affect something in the real world and actually affect what it's attempting to affect because it gives us, I think, as uh, gamers, <laughs> a little bit of hope that we can still change things. And um, I think I could speak for most of us when I could say that like, I don't think any of us want people to work insane hours in order to create games but it's kind of hard to see that when you don't see the game or sorry the developers as human and if you're not seeing the developers as human and not also realizing that there is a developer a person behind that developer uh that's something that we try and cover a lot on this series really just the idea that developers are human just like us they make mistakes in fact in some cases One of you guys who's watching right now might have been a better developer than one of the developers in our videos. We don't know that, but maybe you could have also been worse than another. You know what I'm saying? Like, human's fault, uh, human fault isn't really based on whether you are a developer or not. It's just based on you as a human. So I think we sometimes deify or like, um, we, we turn developers into the, into these like mythological and, it's just not obviously sustainable for them to work insane hours, especially testers. I mean, testers consistently have had some really, really 
horrible working conditions. And I just know because I've heard stories from testers where it's like you're basically working like full-time job and then and <laughs> game testing is one of those jobs where it was like when you're a kid it sounds awesome like i get pl- i get paid to play video games that's awesome like but is that really what i'm like am i just playing video games or am i playing them in a specific way and that's the problem is oftentimes you're potentially trying to break them or playing the same sequences over and over it's boring after just like anything. What's up, everybody? I didn't even say hello to you guys. What's up, John Jakak, Anbu, Limpos, Ginger, Card? I've got AC card, but just not in this room. And putting a fan in this room, it it doesn't do it justice. So maybe I'll I'll crowdfund a uh, with with the money that I get this month from Twitch. I'll crowdfund buying an air unit something that i can hook up to the wall i think that will help it whenever i think of game testers i think of grandma's boy <laughs> i think most people think of some kind of like joke variation of it qa work is a pain period no matter what the field is yeah that's actually a good point um so the other thing that i wanted to care uh to to talk about and i'm only going to touch on it briefly today before i move into the um MMOs on the go segment and after the MMOs on the go segment, which is just a quick talk about whatever's going on in the world of MMOs that I find personally interesting. Um, we will also talk about our weekly MMO roundtable topic. Now I need a couple of you to join me in chat if you're interested in participating in the roundtable. And for those of you who missed last week's because well, we didn't have a stream last week, I'll go ahead and post the question now for everybody in chat. Um, there it goes. Okay, so the question, the weekly topic of the week, I should say, and the question following is, uh, can PvP and PvE in a... Oh, wait a minute. This is my old one. Why didn't it change? Sorry, wrong, wrong, wrong question, wrong question, wrong question. <laughs> For some reason, um, didn't save when I switched it, but here we go. Let's fix that. Okay, there. It's fixed in my sheet, and now I'm posting the old one. <laughs> Okay. All right. So the question that was not from two weeks ago, but the one that was from a week ago, because we didn't have a stream last week, uh, is actually, would you rather an MMO combat be more tactical, strategical, or more mechanically intensive? And I put tactical, strategic, uh, strategical together. So tactical typically refers to like a battle. Strategy refers to macro. But I just put them together just to make it easy. And then mechanically intensive. And if any of you need any clarifications on it, what any of that means, you can ask me whenever it's that uh, segment's time, which will be a little bit later. I wanted, wanted to get to something, or actually I wanted to get to a couple of things before we did the MMO roundtable. So a reminder, if you'd like to join me on Discord, um, just go ahead and join the podcast lobby channel and just wait in there and um, I will drag you guys in whenever it's time to go. And if you're not familiar with the MMO Roundtable, everybody can join, it's open to everybody. The idea is we wanna have a weekly council meeting of passionate but diverse MMO fans where we tackle a week, weekly uh, subject or question for group discussion and with hopefully enough perspectives that are gonna be unique so we can disagree a little bit and 
maybe we uh, also develop something more like we've done before. Uh, sometimes we've taken a question and dug deeper because we didn't think that there was enough depth in that question itself. So it's just, um, it's nice to be able to talk to just usually the regulars <laughs> because they're the people that are brave enough to show up all the time. Thank you, by the way, for doing that, guys. Um, but also just, uh, it's a cool way to get people involved and more ways to talk about MMOs because frankly speaking, like, let's just be honest, there's not a whole lot of places to talk about MMOs. You go to the, um, you go to <laughs> pro streamer, <laughs> You go to the, um, the MMORPG subreddit or the MMORPG.com and, and there's just like so much cynicism there. And if you want to have serious discussion, sometimes you just can't because it's just like if the game's not currently popular, people don't want to hear it. And that's what I try and create with my channel and my community is the reason why we have rules in place, like rules you have to substantiate your arguments if you're making absolute claims is because we want to encourage actual discussion between people. We want that to be a main focus because I've always seen it to be lacking. Like you look at game forums, like let's say like the WoW forum, Final Fantasy forums or whatever, you can't really be objective on those forums because oftentimes this happened on Arcage, this happened on Rift, this happened in so many different games, their forums get policed. And so it's like, I've never really found it to be fruitful to always just hop from game form to game form. I do just for some information and just to have an account, but I don't do it seriously. Like I don't like post seriously. And so having my own community where we can have people come and talk about whatever types of topics they want to talk about, but of course uh, an emphasis on MMO stuff, I think is nice because here you're going to get a lot of uh, varying um, opinions. We have people who play the current generation of MMOs. I mean, in fact, if I just look at my playlist right now, Final Fantasy, uh, Black Desert Online. Let's see, Black Desert Online. Um, what else am I missing here? Warframe, Warframe, if you want to count that. Guild Wars. Um, there's a Legends of Aria here. Black Desert Online. Yeah, so you get the point. <laughs> uh, people are playing the same games right now because there's not a whole lot to play. And when there's not a whole lot to play, the standards for what you play are much lower. So if you don't have anything to play and you're just bored out of your mind, at least you can join my Discord, join my community, and have something to talk about in the meantime. But if you are interested in playing some WoW, and before I get to that, let's just do a complete pivot and let me make a serious point really quickly. Before I get to the WoW discussion, um, great discussion. Good news. Let's get some of the kind of bad news out of the way. There's been a lot of recent circulation of video games in mass media. And I don't normally like to talk about politics or things that I guess would go into the realm of like daily news because it's not really what I believe that I'm interested in, you know, telling that story, I guess, if that makes sense. Like I'm not that person. Um, I'd like to talk about the things that I think that I'm really good at. It's hard not to talk about politics when the recent shit that's come out about gaming being this like horrible thing that's leading kids to violence and leading kids to do these unspeakable like shootings and, and whatever else. And all I want to say on that matter is just it's complete nonsense. There's enough studies out there. So I implore you guys who are skeptical and you should all be skeptical to just go look up the studies on tying uh, violence and uh, violent video games together 
there's been essentially inconclusive evidence every time there's been a major study and there's about maybe one study that showed some sort of link in in some like very like extraneous or like you know just essentially a loose link it wasn't a very like good uh study it's just kind of like it's something that i think gets used as a smokescreen because maybe they don't want to have a discussion about something else and so they make it about video games but this is not new if you've been playing video games as long as you know i have <laughs> um and maybe even mmos as long as i have which is a long time um you're used to hearing this conversation. You're used to hearing uneducated people say, well, video games make people violent. And um, I'm here to tell you uh, my anecdote and the anecdote of many people um, that I've been told this story from uh, personally. And it's just that for many of us, you know, without video games, we wouldn't have had a place to vent. We wouldn't have had a place to meet people and have the same kind of life that we had so it's like video games you know they don't make you a bad nor a good person but a video game is something that occupies your time and is art so it's like it has a higher propensity to do something positive than it would negative the problem with this is that game addiction or being addicted to things does exist and there are unhealthy gamers, of course, just like there's unhealthy golf players or whatever. Like, there's unhealthy every hobby. Um, it's just that with gamers, you know, you're mostly sedentary, and so it's like health issues and things like that, people dying from playing too many games. There has been a lot of stigma from uneducated people about video games for a long time. Um, whether or not addictive behaviors and stuff like that, I'm not going to have that discussion because I've personally had addictive behaviors with video games, so maybe I'm not the one to make that argument or the ar argument against it. But what the, the argument that I can make is that the notion that video games make somebody you know violent is just, it's not been proven. It's always just thrown out there. It's total nonsense. Um, I have been playing games since I can really remember. And the one of the first games I ever played was Street Fighter on Super Nintendo. <laughs> is that why I do martial arts now? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I want it to be like dollism and just fire my long limb across the the room or something but i doubt it you know I, I think there were other reasons that i got into that um i don't think video games ever made me feel like i wanted to be aggressive if, if anything like video games always helped me feel like i could not be because i could just relax play a single player game or i could just uh i don't know be a healer or something <laughs> except when everyone's trying to chase me and murder me i guess enjoyable Having played Mordhaus of late, I'm pretty sure that game leads me to violence. <laughs> violence and game is one thing. Violence at a game is a total different thing. Anything that releases serotonin can be addictive. Uh, better video games than unhealthy decisions. And that, that's, the, that's the argument that I would make. That how many people are going to die from playing video games? A very, very small amount or small percentage. Of, like super small. But how many are going to die from just driving their car <clears throat> outside? Lots of people would die. So it's like, if anything, I'm not trying to, to make any of you more antisocial. Because, by the way, I'm against antisocial. I love MMOs, remember? <laughs> um, yeah, it might be safer to just play video games than to drive around in a car. That's for sure. 
I play video games, listen to metal, and have seen horror movies. I guess I'm fucked then. <laughs> yeah, you're screwed on, boo. Luden says, uh, even studies funded by anti-gaming lobbies wanted to find causation between video games and violence have failed to do so. Yeah, that's what I've seen mostly. How would one grow violent from listening to the latest Sabaton album? It pretty much should make one realize how shit war is. <laughs> Tank top and a fedora, that's classy. Yeah, you know, I was thinking of, it's a little hipstery. I look a little hipstery, but um, it'll work because those detectives that you guys saw in the movies and the TV shows, they're in New York, man. It's cold as shit, dude. <laughs> they're in Philly, dude. It's cold as shit there, man. I'm not there. I'm in Austin, man. It's hot as hell here. They're not wearing five, four, three-piece suits here. I promise you. I promise you. The, de- the detectives here are more like Vice City. <laughs> they're, wearing, um, they're wearing dress shirts or whatever. Golf shirts. Did you continue to play Final Fantasy XIV recently? Yes, I actually was playing before the stream. I've been trying to fit it in every now and then. Um, I'm about level 29, so I've been slowly making it through. Uh, but yeah, I've been slowly playing... Uh, I was gone a couple of days this weekend because we went to visit my girlfriend's family. But um, yeah, I've been playing usually whenever I can while I'm writing or while I'm researching. So I'm trying to get it in. I think today I can get to uh, 30 for sure, but we'll see. I don't know. It's leveling pretty quickly. So maybe I will just pass that pretty easily. But after I'm past level 30, I'm not going to get that passive bonus that I was getting. Um, so let me go ahead and move the uh, segment over now to the MMOs on the go segment because I want to talk about a couple MMO things before we get into our MMO roundtable. And by the way, I don't see anybody except Osai and Lobby right now. So please don't let Osai be the only person, not because I don't like Osai, but because Osai is just, you know, he's just one dude. We need more people. We need more opinions. You sound bored with it already. <laughs> Card, I, I play it passively because it's essentially, it. that's what it warrants for me. So one thing I like to tell people is like, whatever the game warrants for me is the type of effort that I want to give to it. So like, I know that sounds kind of unhealthy, but like whenever I play a game that's like very deep, it makes me want to get deep into it. You know what I'm saying? But when the game is very surface level, it just makes me want to play at surface level. And so the early game experience so far has been very just run here, do this. And guys, I've been playing MMO since, like I say this all the time, this this should be on a TV uh, or this should be on a damn t-shirt. Since I was like eight years old, I've been doing the fetch quests for a long, long time. And uh, no matter how, how they package it, it's still boring. So it's like, I just play it passively. But I'm hoping to eventually get to the, the parts that are exciting of the story. I think someone called it a primal like that is where there's some big event. But um, anyway, enough talking about Final Fantasy XIV for a second. Or, psych, speaking of Final Fantasy fourteen. Guys in my Discord uh, gave me some cool information. Something that's oddly relevant to what we've been talking about, which is just simply that apparently it's been heard. And um, they, in a live letter, uh, Square is going to be, um, or at least they announced officially that they will be aiming to complete, uh, sorry, complete a patch in 5.3 that's going to be associated with the new game plus experience and also um, condensing a lot of the side quests. So this is like good news, but I found out that 5.3 at this point would essentially mean that this change is about a year away, maybe a little bit less. 
So it's exciting to see that they're obviously listening to uh, community feedback and frankly, my feedback, because that's exactly what I've been complaining about is I just think that it's just not an excuse for a story game to have a shitty early game experience. You can, I mean, I think SWOTOR early on is pretty fun, actually. I, I don't think having a shitty early game experience is excused. Um, anyway. So, yeah, it looks like that patch is like 9 to 12 months away is what people were telling me based on the estimates. But still, it's exciting to see that they're obviously aware of it and they have plan, a plan in place to fix it. Um, as it says right here, I understand how you feel, but it would re require recreating all the data. So it has a very high manpower uh, associated with it. So that obviously makes sense. Um, and when you can actually get people to pay, you know, 20 to $25 to buy a level boost when your game itself is the reason that they need to do that. I mean, shit, what's the rush, right? What's the rush to fix the early game? Just take your time. Milk a couple more boosts and that's just good business. We talked about the need for better quests in MMOs. Yeah, they feel like they haven't really evolved since when I first started playing them, which is just crazy to think about. And actually, I'll take that back. They feel like they devolved in many ways because you look at like Guild Wars 1, which is one of my first MMOs that I played, like serious MMOs, if you want to call it that. And when I say serious MMOs, I mean, like a game that was like serious, not like Cabo Hotel, which was technically my first MMO. <laughs> um, but um, in that game, obviously, Guild Wars 1 was very instant, but it had some cool story sequences where like the world would change and the world would be destroyed and like town would change and you would have like different instances that you'd be sent through. And sometimes you'd go back in time and you'd see like other players. Like it was just like a very interesting way to handle story and handle like questing. And it, it was never really just, like, super boring. It always felt like it was part of the world. So that game was really good at doing it. I really dislike level boost. Yeah, I could rant about level boost forever, dude. But, like, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to rant about that because... um I feel like people who are okay with it or who have already bought a level boost, they're not going to be swayed by my opinion anymore. Because like I'm, I'm a person from the outside. So for them, they're just like, dude, if I want another character, which I guess you don't really need another character in Final Fantasy XIV, but like, if you want another character or if you want to tell your friends to play with you, you basically are stuck between a rock and a hard place. Either you tell them to fork over $20, $25 to get them to the end game part so they can skip all that nonsense or you just like pray that they get through it or you can carry them through it. just like that's not a really good way to get people involved in a game and so that's kind of my problem with a level boost is that it inherently is going to look very attractive to instead of having to slog through the quests they're just going to pay the money and it's a genius microtransaction but once again the problem with it for me it's just I think it's wrong. <laughs> I think it's wrong because from a design perspective, you're essentially being like, well, we don't have enough time or manpower to fix the issue. So what we're going to do is just offer a level boost. And if that was just the case, you'd be like, thanks, man. Yeah, that makes sense. Like just a Band-Aid. But hey, I'll take the level boost if I don't want to have to go through the experience. I appreciate it. Wait a minute. You're making me pay for the level boost? Why am I paying for your problem? That doesn't seem to make sense to me. Why do I have to pay for your problem of an early game? 
But it's like, so for principle, for me, I'm just against a level boost. The only ever time I've had a level boost is just in WoW. And I think that's because it comes with a level boost when you buy the expansions. So you automatically get like a level boost. And um, <laughs> that's a different story, a different game altogether because they've totally changed the way that early game plays for that game these days. But speaking of WoW, <laughs> it's been officially announced that there is an RP PvP server in WoW Classic. Come on, guys. You didn't think that I was not going to, like, celebrate? None of you guys thought that I was going to celebrate? Of course I'm going to celebrate. So just to make everything official here, I'm going to tell you guys officially the realm we are playing on. Let's check this out. Wow, classic realm. All right. <clears throat> so here we go. Here are the official realms for NA, which is the server we will be playing on. And since we wanted an RP PvP server and we got one, even though the time zone's in Pacific, and I wish it was on the eastern side for my EU guys, but as we can't really change that, and the difference between PvP and RP PvP is pretty huge, we just, we're going to have to have some people bite the bullet, unfortunately, on their ping. Um, I'm sorry about that, but I'm damn happy that Grobulus is going to be the RP PvP server for the NA realm. I'm super excited for launch. I can't wait. If you would like to join me, uh, join our clan, join our guild, which will be going on the Grobulus RP PvP server on the Horde side, please join it if you haven't already. If you're looking for a classic kind of MMO experience, if you're looking for some, something that requires you to group up and play with other players and coordinate with other players, if you're just looking for an opportunity to play an MMO period, <laughs> Or maybe you want an opportunity to play an MMO with me as the guild leader. I feel like it's kind of cool. Um, then just come join us. Uh, the clan name at the moment is Om Rigor or Om Rigor. And uh, that means essentially a rite of passage that an orc or a horde member has to go through where they have to make like a solo kill. So we have like the trial process, which is the first two weeks if you join. And after that, you've completed your rite of passage you become an official member. The way that it's going to work, of course, and I'm just celebrating right now because people told me in this very chat, uh, they're not really going to listen. Why would they make RP PvP? They don't really have a reason to do it. And I kept writing, and I kept writing, and I kept making sure my script was okay. I kept uh, making my video and making my video, and when my video came out, damn right I was a little bit, you know, vindicated whenever I saw that news come out, like, shortly after. Can I take credit and say that it was me who did it? Nah, there was too many other people who put in tons of supports, who created thread after thread on the forums, who created other videos, who were adding Blizzard, who were hashtagging Blizzard. I, I owe it to everybody, really. And that's the beautiful thing about an RP PvP server. It, it's already founded on the idea that we had to work together to create a server for us, to create enough demand. And so that already creates a kind of inherent community, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I'm just announcing it officially now. Grobulus is the server we will be playing on. Uh, it's an RP PvP server. If you're unfamiliar with what an RP PvP server is, just go watch my video on it. I just made a video about RP PvP servers in an attempt to get them to add an RP PvP server, and they did. So, yeah, I'm feeling... I was really happy that day. I'll put it that way. I was super happy. 
I wasn't super thrilled when I realized it was Pacific, which I find a little bit strange. I felt like, the, I mean, I guess I don't have central servers anymore. But I, I felt like it would have made more sense on the eastern side, but I get it. They put the RP server on the eastern side. So it makes sense that they, they went for the uh, Pacific style. But yeah, I'm super excited. I've like, I'm already, you know, planned it out. I'm going to buy a bunch of like yummy, like high quality healthy snacks for myself so i'm i'm gonna be snacking but i'm gonna be snacking like semi-healthy and um i'm going to uh be uh leveling my hunter first and focus on leveling my hunter and then whenever i'm done leveling my hunter uh or sorry whenever i'm done on my hunter then i'll get on my warlock as my secondary character and i'm gonna kind of keep him along with me I'm not going to keep him the same level because that's just going to be an insane <laughs> grind. I'm not going to put that on myself. But I'm going to keep it roughly like half the level. So like whenever it's like, whenever my other guy's level 10, I want my other guy to be at least level 5. Whenever my other guy's level 20, I want my other guy to be at least level 10. And that's just something like that that I like to do in MMOs. Some people like to dual box and things like that. I don't. I think it's boring. <laughs> it's not for me. Dual boxing is not really fun for me. I've done I've done it a bunch of times. I'm not trying to say that I haven't done it or I'm against doing it, but um, it's, I just think it's boring. So I'm going to bring my warlock along uh, for the journey as well. So he's going to be hiding in each end, trying to get his rest XP along the way. Just because, you know, I think it'll be fun to have Hunter and Warlock just for RP, but also for PvP, because obviously they're very good at PvP and open world. Uh, especially they're good at fighting multiple targets. So yeah, I just want to thank everybody and thank everybody who retweeted, liked, shared, whatever, spread the word about my video because I like to think that we as a community made a difference. <laughs> Maybe we're just egotistical. Kill chip gang. Yeah, actually I like kill chips. I'm weird, I guess. Horde banner on background win. Ooh, that's a good point, Sion. I need I need to order one before launch. Good point. I could put it right here, possibly. Maybe right over here. Not sure. To me, leveling is the most enjoyable part of an MMO. I don't like max level in-game, so buying a level boost doesn't make sense for me. I also dislike the way MMOs nowadays focus on the rush to... Yeah. I need a bigger one? <laughs> I do need a big one. If I'm going to be a guild leader, I need a pretty... Because how else are people going to get rallied? One thing I miss about Warhammer Online is how you had the banners. Are, are there any banner in uh, WoW period? Does anybody know of any flare, any vanity items, anything that resembles like a horde banner that we could summon? Because we need a designated uh, banner bringer. That's the case. So they can always just hold that shit whenever we go into battle. <laughs> I remember when Soda burned an in real life alliance banner during the classic dueling tournament. Interesting. <clears throat> For me, I am just against spending extra money on a sub base MMO. I think there's a toy flag, but not in classic. Gotcha. Dang. Well, that's going to hurt roleplay a little bit, I would say, but nothing too serious. Um. All right. I'm just happy about the, the stuff, man. It's cool that to say that we are going to be on an RP PvP server. And that's just cool to say. I can't wait to host many events on this channel. 
I know um, people have been wanting to watch more MMO content. Hopefully, if I can get through these uh, next, you know, 10 to 15 levels in uh, Final Fantasy, you can watch some more of the exciting content or the more exciting content there, or at least my reactions to it, since I feel like my reaction is not really changing at the moment. But with WoW Classic launching in 15 days, I right? Don't correct me if I'm wrong. 15 days? That's going to be really just the main game that I'm playing for the next, you know, couple of months. I don't know. We'll see. Past the new year, right? It's, uh, if it's still keeping us uh, busy, keeping us. But it'll be exciting. And Auto Assault, by the way, is um, coming out next. Uh, just throwing that out there since you guys decided to stop by and watch me on the podcast today. I appreciate that, by the way. 14 days. There you go. I think there's only tabards. Tabards, but no banners you can carry. I think the best you can get is a flag that you can drop on corpses. Horde Battle Standard was added in 1.1. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess guess tabards could work, right? Tabards could work. Ends with a deep dive. Here we go. Increases the maximum health of all party members. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, same idea. That's pretty cool. I wish there was more shit like that. It just makes world PvP more fun or more enjoyable. But it also adds like nice RP flair. Can only be used in a battleground. Rip. Feels bad, man. Only in PvP battlegrounds. Yeah, of course, WoW would take something so cool like that and then only use it in a, a battleground. <laughs> man, dude, if if Classic Plus is a thing, hey, yo, hit me up, guys. I'll tell you how to make your game way better at World PvP. I promise. In fact, I shouldn't say this because this is horrible business. But I would do it for free. Just for you guys that are watching right now. <laughs> I've thought way too much about world PvP, okay? Way too much. Would be pretty bad if it was five gold for a one time use. Isn't there the um that one warrior weapon? Or no, the druid weapon that increases your attack speed, but it has a chance to use it as a charge? And it eventually uses up your weapon. Uh, what's the name of that weapon? I can't remember it. Hey, what's up, RC Win? Thanks for the uh, resub, man. I appreciate it. Nine months. Welcome back to the Nor Club. Tip. Via flex. Manual crowd uh, pummeler. Yeah. There you go. I'm looking that up. It'll come up here. I've seen it before. Increase your haste by 36 for 30 seconds. Any feral has to farm the crap out of those if they're hardcore. 
Yeah, you know what? Um, I think I told you guys this. I love Feral Druid, and I really liked it in BBC through Cata. Uh, but the problem that I have with uh, Druid and Classic WoW, the class is a lot more of a true hybrid, which is just not personally. I'm not as really into pure hybrid, but I get it. I get what they were going for. I think it's kind of funny that they totally disregarded that, though, and later, like, uh, balancing with the druid, they totally changed the way that the class was originally supposed to be designed. They made it more like three separate, you know, druids, essentially. When early on, it was a lot more of, like, a hybrid between, the, you know, the different shapes. You always had to shapeshift because you couldn't use all of your abilities in certain forms, obviously. In classic, they were the definition of jack of all trades, master of. Druid is actually four classes now. Wow, crazy. What's the fourth? There would not be free stuff around here. We have to squeeze every single cent of the consumer, especially with the surprise mechanics. Guardian, Feral, Balance, Restoration. Oh, Guardian. That's right. That makes sense. Chicken, Cat, Bear, and Tree. And Floor Tank. Floor Tank was always a good meme. All right, what else did I have for you guys today? How many people do we have waiting in the lobby? We have two people waiting in the lobby. If anybody else is interested in talking about our weekly MMO roundtable topic, which was, would you rather MMO combat be more tactical, strategical, or more mechanically intensive, or both, explain, please join me in the podcast lobby right now. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way, and then I will end the podcast with some call-in questions, uh, or just questions in chat if you guys have any for me, and yeah, we'll, we'll get out of here. I don't think I'm going to have a long, because I have a lot of writing to do. And a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen to play. <laughs> Echo Ultra Chicken. All right, we got three people now. I'll wait a couple more minutes, and then I'll go ahead and get started. Boomkin. It's sad because, like, I remember playing the Boomkin in uh, Wrath thinking it was pretty fun. And I remember I was like, huh, Boomkin and, uh, and Classic WoW, that'll be cool. And then I went and, like, watched videos on it and I was like, maybe not. Kind of looks. How badly do you think the servers will die on Classic launch? I mean, Based on how many servers they currently have, I think there's a good chance that the servers are going to get pretty wrecked. But I also just expect that generally when MMOs launch because it's always a wake-up call for developers, even if they've experienced it before.
Boomkin the mages. All right, I'm going to go ahead and move down and get ready. Hey, what's up, everybody? Since we're live people, are we going to have to like do the usual like X in chat to get like uh, the order or? Yeah, so uh, sorry, I was turning up my volume. Um, just a reminder for everybody. Uh, we're first off, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me today on the MMO Roundtable. The weekly topic for this week, as I've gone over before, is would you rather MMO combat be more tactical slash strategical or more mechanically intensive or both? And then, you know, explain. And yeah, if you could just type right now an X in the MMO roundtable, if you'd like to go in a certain order. And uh, we'll just do it in that order. And then after we'll open up the uh, questions to, or just we'll open it up to the floor and then we'll open it up to the audience, which chatters whoever else to kind of comment on it as well and then uh yeah hopefully we'll get some more interesting discussion okay so it looks like osai uh, raised his hand first so he's going to go first all right so what i think about uh today's topic is that i wish that mmorpgs had uh like were more mechanically focused but i think that the reason that most of them are mostly like strategical is uh for a good reason like um i think it's easier to design a game around uh, i mean specifically an mmorpg uh, i think it's easier for it to be uh like the combat uh strategical because um well like the well, first of all, there's the like the servers have to uh, like the netcode hasn't been really good in most MMORPGs and they have to handle like uh, hundreds of players. And also, uh, like, I think, like, just well, I like the encounter design is easier to like, anyways. Uh, that's pretty much it, actually. Like, uh, let me think a bit more actually like um, yeah so like uh, next person like um okay yeah that's cool we can come back to you um i'll go ahead and go then um so for me i i think of it as it's just whichever one you choose to focus on for your mmo i think you kind of in some way have to make sure to focus your combat around that given thing. So like a good example of this is like early MMOs oftentimes were uh, tab target and that was just essentially because of a limit of the systems that they had available and technology at the time. And so they were very crude tab target um, to the point to where movement kind of didn't really matter as much. Like in the case of EverQuest and in the case of like Guild Wars, uh, those two games, you know, movement's not really a big thing because movement is barely even functioning, right? It's more about casting your abilities or getting in range to throw off your ability or, or whatever else. Um, but the problem arises, I think, though, is like over time, games became more expansive, so less tab target, less zoned in on a, on a reticule and just being locked in on my target and more kind of free-flowing, more mechanically intensive, as I like to say. 
um, just because there's more there's more uh, variables. When you're not just like hitting an ability and you always hit your target and you're having to worry about terrain and movement, aim and things like that, that's more mechanical. Uh, the problem was is that games got a little bit more mechanical, but not a whole lot more. And the interesting thing is is like most of the MMOs not just got a little bit more mechanical, they got a lot less strategical as well. So it's like they lost a lot of the original strategy that was in the game and they kind of got a little bit of mechanical uh, ability. Like uh, there's dodge buttons in most MMOs currently. There's a bit, uh, ways to miss AOEs, I guess, if you don't target it correctly. You know, if, if you somehow don't or whatever. Um, yes, there's PB AOEs and things like that that can be missed. So there's some mechanical aspects in these games. There's dashes and things like that. But it's not just like straight up like a fighting game where it's frame for frame data. It's not the complexity of a, of a uh, let's say like a physics-based um, game like Jedi Academy where it's all about where you place and you slice your uh, lightsaber and, and how you get a hit on somebody. It's not really about physics in the current generation of MMOs. But it's also not really about the tactical or strategical aspects. Right now, it's like we're at this weird like amalgamation of both of them put together. And I think that they're both inferior at the individual thing, if that makes sense. So like to explain what I mean, like if I want an MMO to be more tactical or strategical, it makes sense um, given the context of the games. So say, for example, with, um, I don't know, ESO or Final Fantasy or even just throw in Guild Wars. I want those games to be more strategical, more tactical, because I like that aspect of tab target type, uh, style games. But somebody else might think the opposite. They might think, well, I want those games to be more mechanically intensive. I don't necessarily think one is right or wrong in that case. I think it's just more which is going to fit the game better. And for example, if you look at a game like Elder Scrolls Online, um, they have a console audience. So how much more strategical or tactical can the game be when you have to worry about how many buttons can my console player hit versus my PC player? And not to say that they need to be comparable exactly, but it needs to be somewhat comparable. So now you have this big restriction on a lot of these games because they have cross-platform or not cross-platform, but like they're played across multiple platforms. Um, and that limits your strategical ability. But then it also limits your mechanical ability because because you're being played on a console, you can't be uh, as you know ambitious as you could be on a PC, right? Because you have a smaller audience. So maybe the whole console thing is a big reason that the combat became kind of more like hybrid combat and it wasn't just like very strategical and it wasn't just like very mechanically intensive. But I would just argue essentially that I'm not saying you can't have a hybrid combat system. I just think that it's interesting that current combat systems aren't very much like mechanically intensive or like they're not more mechanically intensive than previous generation of MMOs and they're also less tactical or strategical. So my argument's more of like less of would you rather but more of like we definitely have to be better than where we're at right now. <laughs> if we're going to choose which path to go, you have to like make that a big focus of your game. If you're going to be the more tactical, strategical game, you need to have more abilities, more builds, more ways, more ways to play your given class. I think a perfect example of that is the job system in Final Fantasy XIV. It doesn't allow for a lot of tactics or, or strategy because every class kind of, 
or every job sorry kind of plays the same way and so it's like okay well then maybe we can make it more mechanically intensive well you can't because it has a console audience and it also as a game isn't very mechanically intensive so that's kind of my problem with games like final fantasy 14 and uh, elder scrolls now elder scrolls has like ability and movement canceling shit which only exists essentially because the game isn't mechanically intensive enough so players like uh kind of created their own mechanics but anyway like i'm I'm getting away from the point now but the, the point being that whether or not it's more tactical or strategical or more mechanically intensive i think you have to kind of choose one more so than the other because at some point they're kind of at odds with each other when a game's like too tactical and too strategical, think like an RTS game. Most RTS, uh, mo- most RTS games don't take a lot of mechanics. Most of them don't. But people like me who grew up playing StarCraft have a different view of it. They're like, oh, but StarCraft takes so much mechanics. Yeah, but that's kind of like a very small percentage of the RTS genre. Like most of them don't take a lot of mechanics. And for the people who don't like playing StarCraft, what I would always hear from them is that, oh, that game is just too mechanically intensive for me. So they, they would like to play the game that has a lot more strategy, which totally makes sense. But StarCraft still has a place. It doesn't mean it's a bad game. It's just a different kind of game. Um, but imagine if StarCraft, and this kind of did happen to, in some extent with uh, StarCraft 2, but imagine if StarCraft all of a sudden became less mechanically intensive, like by a large amount, but then also, or sorry, became maybe like the same amount of mechanically intensive or a little bit less. And then also all of a sudden became super strategical or tactical. Most people would be kind of taken aback by it. They'd be like, but it'd be a little bit jarring and kind of different, right? That's kind of what I feel like the MMO genre is at right now. It's like, it, it went from being like, we're very strategical and big brain and we have all these abilities and you have to know the specs and there's like a thousand you know, ways to build your class in like Ultima because it's open skill systems or, or Asheron's call. It took a big brain to know like, what's the best thing? What's the best thing to build? To getting like, oh, we have action games or kind of action games where it's like, you need to be able to dodge and move and react and do combos and things like that. And now kind of at this weird spot where we're back to being like, in between them so i i don't know that's my point i guess (laughs) does anyone hear him yeah for some reason we don't hear you ginger Maybe re uh, like quit out of Discord and launch it as admin. Sometimes that works for me. I tend to enjoy any combat that rewards the player for understanding the mechanics of the game and using that to their advantage for good positioning, spacing, cooldown, and management. Yeah, to to I guess. Um, hello. hello? Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No. Continue, please. Yeah, sorry. No, I was just going to say that while we're waiting on him to come back. Um, one one thing I wanted to to comment Hello? about to further expand what I was saying. Wait, you, you there, Ginger? Damn, it didn't work. Bad. Yeah, we still don't hear you. For... Well, I think if Ginger... Yeah, solves his problem. He can speak, but I, I think I can. My two cents. Um, if I 
Um, I don't think I disagree with any what you said or us have said. Uh, it, but it, what it comes down to, it depends on the game. I've seen MMOs rising like uh, a car MMO, you know, like Need for Speed got shut down. But like, does that need a tactical game, gameplay? It's basically car driving, but in an MMO form or something like a Three of Life, which is like an uh, ARPG would a tactical uh, gameplay like point and click would it benefit the game i don't think so so it depends on the game bro uh, and i i think i already mentioned that that uh, basically no game today uh warrants a point and click or a target click uh game mechanic anymore it was done at the time when technology wasn't that uh advanced and today it's just done out of laziness because people got used to it. Something is established, it never goes away, basically. Back to uh, to EverQuest and all, all those things, even though those systems, I think, have outlived their, uh, their usefulness. Uh, it might be still fun, but you cannot deny that something like uh, Terra's action, our action-controlled uh, combat mechanic is more fun and more active than uh, something like EverQuest or something like even WoW, classic WoW. So yeah, my answer is pretty much depends. It depends on the game. Uh, if you have something that warrants uh, tactical gameplay, you would implement that. If you have something like an um, like an RTS, MMMO RTS, which has not been done successfully, I think, uh, then tactical gameplay would be the only thing you could implement because that's the gameplay you need, you know? There's no, of course, there's a lot of mechanics in there, but you would need to implement the, some sort of tactical gameplay. Plus, of course, a lot of rules that uh, warrant uh, social interaction between players, but even in the MMO realm. Yeah, that, that's pretty much my answer. Testing? Yeah, it's working. Thank God. Uh I just wanted to piggyback a little bit off what you said, Nerd Slayer. Uh, speaking of WoW and Classic WoW specifically when it launched and how it revolutionized the genre, it was dated and using like something that was considered great for 2004, but not great for 2019. And its massive success is what really led to the vast majority of MMORPGs to copy that kind of combat system, even to this day with Final Fantasy XIV. Um, and I think it's just lackadaisical development, especially now when there's so many good games on more of a small scale, not MMO scale with combat systems. Um, I look at for honor for honor is one of my favorite games, probably in the last five years, despite being from Ubisoft, which is a developer I normally would never touch. Amazing. If you're a fighting game fan, it has some of the best mechanical features and strategic features with how you would use the map, knocking people off ledges, um, sliding down ladders to knock them down if they're climbing up, using those kind of strategic moves to get the kills and get to your capture points, yada, yada. Or if you're playing 1v1 and you're just playing on the mechanical aspect, the parry, the dodge, the fact that each... Uh, I'm going to just call it class for MMO sakes. Each class of warrior has a completely 
varied moveset and its own strengths and disadvantages and armor types and speeds. And I think it's totally possible, especially like say within the next five, 10 years with the type of video cards and CPUs we have nowadays to make something okay. like Thanks. that but you've got the wrong guy. in the modern and next gen eras for MMORPGs. It's just whether or not developers are going to want hey, to Gardner, take the money, the subscription, take man. the chance to Welcome do it. Welcome back to the North Club. Um, I would also uh, like to point row, out something man. specifically to the strategy that's side. Uh, following my days in Ultima Online, I fell in love with a game called Ebony. I'm sure a lot of people know what Ebony is. Yep. Before... Before it became a super pay-to-win wreck, it was one of the coolest strategic MMORPG-style games that I, I, at that time I ever encountered because you form these massive alliances. Uh, you put in ridiculous effort into keeping your forces alive. You had to have somebody watching your back at all times, the troops you train, the way you work, trade. Um the combat was simple, but the strategy, I mean, the combat was numbers, basically a number crunch, but the strategy behind it and the role play element of building allies to counter the enemies you got over time. I think there's, there's vast many things that you could do in this aspect of combat. And I, one of the game I would like to bring up is Conqueror's Blade, which is an early access title, which is kind of like stealing a dynasty warriors slash ebony kind of feel um i really it's not really like anywhere near fully released yet so it's hard to really say what it's gonna be but i think i think the future of gaming is bright when it comes to the next gen and the combat systems that we might see especially with games like new world and camelot unchained and star citizen plenty of others on the rise and around the corner well maybe not star citizen we might have to wait till 2050 for star citizen but besides that all of those games, I think, are going to show what the games after those games are going to be capable of. That's it. Uh, sorry, I have a question for you, Ginger. So, do you think the reason that we don't have an MMORPG that uh, which like has a combat like For Honor is be mostly because of a technical like like technical problems, like not having enough. Uh, server capacity or uh, like the graphical cards not being good enough to render all the characters on screen? In the past, I would say yes, but with modern, with like, you have the, what is it, the RTX 2080 out, you have, like I'm running a Risen 7, it, you have so much technology and it's only getting better and internet speeds are ridiculously fast compared to when WoW first came out. When WoW first came out, people were playing on DSL still, and a lot of people were still on dial-up. I think times are changing for the better, and with the technology, better games can be made, and better combat systems can be made that can actually... I think you're the one who brought up the netcode, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Better, better things can happen with modern technology. It's just developers like to play a safe market. You'd rather play a market where you're guaranteed to make money than take a chance on something that could be big, or it could be a waste of $200 million. I think that's part of the problem is, um, like Carlo was saying earlier, when he said like these games don't warrant the kind of uh, combat that they have, I think that that should be examined more because I think it 
it makes a lot of sense when you think about my criticism really of just most current MMOs. My criticism is basically based around that idea that it's like, okay, so when you make your game a certain way, is it a design decision or is it because you were limited by the resources? Tab target was created because it was limited you know, resources. It stayed because of what exactly? Because like it didn't get more complexity. It didn't get more complicated generally. Like, yes, some games did some cool things with it. Warhammer did some cool things with it. Other games had more combat system or more, sorry, more uh, combo systems and stuff like Ion and stuff and Age of Conan. That's cool. But really, you know, it, it didn't evolve a whole lot. And and I think that's part of the problem is if you have a game that seems very tab targety and it also doesn't have a lot of customization or a lot of abilities, to me, it's kind of like, so why are you a tab target game? Because <laughs> I grew up playing tab target games that had fuck tons of abilities. There was a lot of class variation. There was a lot of RPG elements, if you call it that, where it was like classes were different. But current games, it's like, man, either the RPG elements don't matter because the classes are just all over the place jumbled uh, and people can just swap between them freely. Or um, the game has a combat system that just makes me wonder, why aren't you more complicated then? Like, if you're so mechanically easy, why are you not more complicated in another way? Uh, and, and let me rephrase that. I think a lot about if this game isn't mechanically intensive, what is the skill ceiling? Because by nature, if it's not mechanical, it has to be strategical. Because what else would it be? There's, I don't think there's anything else that really covered. It's like you either got some sort of strategy or you're going to brute force something through, through a mechanic. And if you can't do it through a mechanic, but you also can't through, do it through a strategy or tactics, that's the problem I run into in most current MMO. Is like you feel like in a battle, you couldn't play it any better because there's barely any mechanical ability being de demonstrated and then at the same time because the classes are so similar and they don't play differently you also feel like uh, strategy wise there's not a whole lot you can do to change things and, and you look at um games like classic wow and they're different in that respect and why are they different because a class like the shaman has a lot of different totems and and, and different types of utility spells one of those utility spells used at the right moment could be the matter of life or death. And that's how that kind of a tab target game should be played. You should be rewarded for using the correct ability at the correct time. But they're taking away tools. They're giving us less customization, less abilities, less um, variety within a certain class. And they're not really increasing the mechanical part. So I think, you know, to that was me kind of piggybacking on what Carlos said earlier about they don't warrant the kind of uh, gameplay they have. And that's, I agree with that. They don't. Like, if you're a tab target game, where's the fucking complexity? <laughs> because that's what tab target originally was. It was the complexity. It was strategy. It was, like, you had to outsmart people. It was about calling targets and having the correct team comp and things like that. Like, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, anybody else play some tab target MMOs? I mean, am I saying anything wrong here? Like, that's how it is in those games. It's not really about, like, oh, I'm the, I'm the, best mechanical tab target player said nobody ever because nobody gives a fuck like, no, you know no one cares if you have good mechanics in a tab target game because there's barely any mechanics but if you're a mechanical god in like darkfall then you were you were a problem <laughs> you i can tell from experience i used to school lots of people in groups of people just by myself 
just because I knew how to move. They didn't know how to move. If you don't know how to move, you get cut when uh, physics and friendly fire. So uh, it's just like moments like that don't exist that much in MMOs. And you can call it net code. You can say it's server issues. I get that. And I'll concede that until it's just easily proven wrong or proven wrong, period, uh, in, in a, at a large scale. I'll concede that eventually, but right now I'll say sure, uh, fair enough. It hasn't really been done at a large scale, so maybe let's just say it's it's technology. But what's keeping them from making it more complex? What's keeping them from adding more abilities or having more specs or more variety? Or uh, you know what I'm saying? Like what's stopping them from doing that? Well, I'll tell you, laziness. They don't have to. People are getting used to playing worse and worse combat games. That's why I always cry about this shit. Because MMO combat is not really getting that much better, guys. So I feel like we need to make a bigger stink about it. And I know people do with ESO all the time, so I appreciate that. But, like, just in general. I, I think uh, part of the mechanical complexity in the uh, tap targeting games nowadays is just... Hey, Alondra's uh, uh, son, you know thanks for the resubscription. That's two months in a row. Like, Welcome to the Nor Club. Uh, for I example, appreciate in in, uh, your patronage. FF14. Uh, as far as I have played, I, I've played a bunch of raids at max level. I haven't done the hardest one. I haven't done savage raids, uh, just like uh, a few of the like early ones. And like most of the mechanics were like just like uh, watch what the boss is doing to see where he's gonna uh, hit, so you can dodge like the red circle. And other than that, it's just DPS checks and uh, like I, I'd say like the mechanical complexity that the game also has is like uh optimizing your rotation but uh i would say that it's that uh I, it's not mechanically complex enough like i wish that it had stuff like uh you had to like parry attacks from the boss or block them like manually uh and also um the other problem that the that those games have is that uh most of the job of handling the boss is done by the tank and the others just have to dodge the AOE so it's like they don't actually get to interact with most of the mechanics I think that's because when when dungeons are often designed they're designed from the perspective of like a group is doing this but I know this sounds strange but you should also design it I think from the perspective of a single player in that dungeon so like let's say we have a five man group the dungeon needs to be designed for the tank just says it needs to be designed for the DPS and the healer because you have to think about all of their experience. And I think that's why most dungeon healing for example, is pretty damn boring because it's like, how do you really impact or interact as the healer in that scenario? Well, you just kind of stay out of the reach or, or stay out of danger. And like you said, the DPS can't really react because they're always moving around and making sure not to get hit by anything. I think um, it has to be looked at from how do we have the tank and the DPS and the healers have like similar or maybe even different experiences playing this dungeon, but at least a experience and not just a crappy same experience, which is obviously different. I agree with that. Well, I, I recently reinstalled Champions Online, which is one of my, my, my MMOs I come back to once in a while. It's very quickly that playing alone is not fun. I mean, no MMO playing alone is not fun. But also this tap-targeting mix, I think, uh, doesn't really work. And that's because enemies do a lot of damage early on, and they keep doing damage. doesn't matter how, how, how high level you are. 
So even if you play in a group, it's it's challenging. Uh, but because the output from the enemies is so high, and you have basically no ability to kick, that can make you dodge or something like that, uh, it becomes very boring because it's basically a numbers game. How high how high can you stack up your armor, or how high can you evade? And that's there's no there's no uh, brain behind it. You don't have to think about it. You just spend your spend your abilities or spend your leveling points on dodging or on uh, flexibility or uh, whatever on armor or something like that. And it's boring, I think. Uh, if I had something like like I mentioned earlier, Terra, which you can basically dodge every time, even with abilities fun it's more active it's not this uh this thing and i think especially on superhero mmo would uh, play that is more active instead of more passive uh with the tap targeting system i would like to piggyback off of carlo real quick that just you really when you were talking about terra and the dodging system while you were talking i was thinking about eso and and the the bash and block system and then how afterwards like bashing and blocking is what makes you the difference between an okay player and ESO and a good player and ESO but then you can step away 15 feet swing your sword and still hit the guy hit your target there's something I feel that's missing from the this week's question whether mechanical or strategic is what about immersive that immersive combat that makes you really think you're there like really into it that that's missing from most tab targeting or just most MMOs in general I think that actually does go kind of hand in hand with what we're talking about. So that's a good point of saying like, how do you know which one to choose? I think it actually comes down to that point. It comes down to immersion with the game. Like what kind of game are you trying to play? Like Carlo was saying, you know, if you, once you figure out what kind of game you're trying to play, then you have an idea of like, if you want it to be immersive to that kind of game, that kind of experience, then what kind of experience is that? Is it more strategical? Is it more mechanically intensive? And I think that, of course, there's room for both, but you still have to end up kind of choosing one way to go because if you choose both and you don't really focus on one, then you kind of have a game that's always going to be severely limited mechanically and severely limited strategically, which is just an inferior combat system, in my opinion. Like, I know so many people will try and tell you, oh, but ESO or Final Fantasy or Guild Wars, these are, there's hard parts of the game. And it's like, I'm sure there is a hard part of the game. But I'm telling you, my personal experience, those games are very, very easy mechanically, like very easy to the point to where at the highest level, most players aren't making mistakes. They're not. It, it's, it comes down to them using the abilities and using the abilities at the correct order or, you know, on the correct target. And that's a lot more strategical and tactical. So it's like when the mechanics aren't even great enough, like if you just have a dodge mechanic that's an invuln button, that's not mechanically intensive enough to to really be difficult to do. I know it might seem difficult to double tap something or press a button whenever you want to dodge out of a circle, but for, for a player who's good, it isn't. It isn't hard to do. So that's kind of like one thing I always try and work through is like, man, if if you're going to focus on uh, having one or the other, I think you're right in saying, Ginger, that the immersion is a big part of that because you have to think, like, if I'm playing a, a, a you know, actually, let's just use the superhero example uh, that Carlo was saying. I would agree. I would expect it to be fast. And fast pace and fun to me would be more mechanically intensive than strategical or tactical. 
just by nature of this type of style of game, right? Like, I'm more likely to enjoy a game that's closer to, like, um, Marvel, um, what, what is it, uh, Ultimate Alliance, or something like um, Capcom versus uh, Marvel or whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like, Marvel versus Capcom, sorry. Like, those are the type of experiences I think of when I think of a game that's like a superhero game. So if I played a superhero MMO, I would expect it to be a lot more mechanically intensive. But if I played a, let's say I played a fantasy game and it had like all these different classes and the RPG elements and stuff, I would expect that it would be more tactical or strategical if it wasn't some like physics-based game, which is going to be the majority of them. So yeah, I, I do think it kind of matters in that sense. And that's where I fall uh, short with usually with like Elder Scrolls and Final Fantasy uh, and even just Modern WoW is like, I think all three of those games are mechanically very, very easy. I think their strategic and tactical elements have only decreased over time. And I think that that for me is just a recipe for bad MMO combat. And, and like, I'm not going to sit here and say they're horrible. They're the worst combat, but just in my opinion, like I don't really think they're good combat systems. Like I think they had, they were good for the time, which was like seven, eight years ago. And uh, they're, they're clearly looking dated. Yo, by the way, I think that uh, mechanics, mechanic-based uh, combat can also has different issues. One is like, uh, if you make uh, like PvP content like a raid, and you you have like, you have a certain difficulty in mind. Uh, like most of those games have gear and levels and like talents and that kind of stuff. So, what happens when when you when you use gear or levels to like trivialize the content, uh, I think like that's one of the problems that it has. And the other one is uh, the massive content, like world PvP or or world uh, bosses. I think they're probably harder to make for uh, mechanic like mechanics based games. Like I haven't seen any, or I haven't played. Uh, video but i i'm i really think that their uh massive pvp is probably a mess like uh trying to hit your mechanics in a group of like 50 people or 100 people i think it's it's probably like very chaotical and like doesn't make much sense i i would disagree uh and uh, let me uh talk about also about this whole uh, net coding and stuff like that. It's all—it's always assumed by the MMO community that because of net coding, you can do uh, real-time uh, action uh, combat. But ha it has been proven by a Greek mini company that it can be done with like minimal resources. It is possible. Uh, it and we are way beyond them. Uh, I'll talk about Darfall here, but we're way beyond them. Technology has improved even more, so that argument just goes out of out of the window. It it's possible. It's possible to make action combat uh, with our technology now, and probably even better. The second thing is uh, immersion. Was it We're talking about immersion? If I can take out the champions online thing again, uh, for example, if you hit a target, uh, they of course they aggro you, and if you go behind the wall, you will still get hit by. Uh, by attacks, but you can't hit someone. And that combat a little bit, uh, 
uh, especially when you fight against enemies and you just want to you want to go away, you want to run away, you still get hit by uh, attacks because you're basically locked on. Uh, what was it? Um, massive, massive player base, and they're all playing. And uh, maybe someone has a better bad connection. Uh, predictive models that you can use to um, for the delay. And they're getting better and better. And we're talking about when we're talking about uh, server side uh, calculations and um, artificial intelligence. You can use those those things to uh, combat the ping of the players. So basically, even at some point, the the difference between an uh, EU and NA would go away through something like predictive algorithms you know if you're moving in one direction it's a, the computer assumes you will keep moving and then you can make predictive predictive models so that when someone shoots at you it will go it's going probably it's going to probably hit you and of course there's a level of uh, of failure there but it's it, they, those models are getting better and better and i think it has already been used in call of duty uh, multiplayer. So even in a really fast-paced Twitch shooter, uh, it can work. So this uh, whole argument of net coding art oh, wouldn't work, action thing wouldn't work. It doesn't. It does not exist. It's just probably a lie. I don't know. It's probably a myth that has been propagated again and again and again, and it's just not true. It's it's truly laziness and risk aversion from companies. I had to get it out of my system because it does annoy me that, uh, especially if I work with computers, it does annoy me that this myth is propagated again and again and again. Card just said it in chat, but I was just going to say it myself. You make a valid point if you think of Planet Side. Yes, yes, Planet Side 2, best example. See, <laughs> and they do, I think they do a little bit of a predict. Uh, predictive they use a little bit of predictive algorithms and it even with me i had like something like a ping of 300 it almost didn't work but still then they could like it could squeeze the the performance was there it was very low but uh, even with 300 ping i could still play the game in a moderate fashion uh, fashion it would it was a little bit of a bad experience but you could still play it so since then my internet connection got better so yeah, th there's no argument there for th that uh, action combat wouldn't work. No arguments. No, there's none. I, I, the, the, the IT guy that tells me that, uh, I would like to have his credentials. <laughs> I just think that um, it's it's safer, as you said, to just go with kind of what's already in the market. And since the fans of MMOs for the longest time have kind of defended what's in the market, I almost feel like it's just a matter of they got used to it now um and almost some people are afraid to say when a game has bad combat because they're just like oh that's just expected of an it, they just all have bad combat and it's just like no uh, that's not okay like i guess to sum up what i had said earlier i thought of something uh just now whenever you're talking um back and forth it, it made me think about how for me i think it comes down to this i'm not saying your game needs to be super tactical and i'm not saying it needs to be uh, the super mechanical game, but at least give me as a player some way to outplay my opponent. Just give me some way to do. 
And what you're going to find is, is that it's either going to be through strategy, through tactics, or it's going to be through a mechanic where I just performed better at the right time. You know, if it's like a, let's say the, the person who was the fastest to react or whatever, whatever it is, just give me a way to win and a way to like show that I can best my opponent, whether it be AI or, or an actual player. And I'm okay with the combat, like whether that means that it's an RTS like Starcraft, which I like, or an MO like Warhammer, or a game like Jedi Academy, or, you know, like whatever kind of game it is, as long as it gives me that ability, that's what I always look for. And MMOs, man, like, they can do that. They can. They can make them more complex. They could add, like, combo chains and, and like, deeper classes and more customization and, like, grid systems and things like that. They could add all of that. But, but why don't they? It's oftentimes it's because they don't want to animate. They don't want to have to put in all the extra resources to create that. They'd rather just create really cool, nice-looking class, like in Black Desert Online, and then give it a couple of abilities. Because it's just much cheaper to do that, to do that versus like introducing a new class, two hundred abilities or some shit, or like you know a hundred or like three different specs in it or some shit like that. Obviously, that takes a lot more resources, uh, more time. But uh, I will never stop my fight against those who say MMO combat is just destined to be bad. I disagree. I disagree. I will always disagree. Because I've played plenty of MMOs that have had cool combat. It's just that not a lot of people played those games. <laughs> or not for long, at least. But um, does anyone else have anything to add? Uh, otherwise, I'm cool with, uh, I guess, wrapping so, things up. Like, Nerd Slayer, how do you think, uh, or, well, I guess it's an open question, but uh, either mechanically or uh, strategically, how do you balance? Uh, how do you make like large-scale combats uh, fun and engaging for uh, everyone? Because most of the time, well, other than them being laggy, they're just like zerk fests, and they're they, it's just about spamming uh, spamming AOEs and that kind of stuff. So you're asking how to make open world. A better no i mean specifically like large scale combat like a world pvp conflicts where there's a lot okay. of people or or for or in the pv side you have the uh like world bosses hmm i i so you're asking like what's the best way to make that function yeah okay um i i would say that you know, the thing that I always like to talk about is there has to be resources or something that is scarce um, that you need to uh, obtain a lot of or whatever. Like you need, I don't know whether it's, let's say, certain kind of special crystals or uh, wood, <laughs> lumber, or rock, stone, whatever it is. You need some sort of resource that you constantly need to be searching for because it's an integral part of the game and you also need a burning of that resource meaning like you need to use it for something maybe you use crafting and then i guess with like open world when you talk about zerging and large scale stuff how to make that function more i guess uh excitedly would be like there has to be more strategy involved for example more siege vehicles, things that move slow but do a lot of damage, for example. That could be a possibility to add in a game. 
Um, there could also be things like a resource gathering, could power up certain parts of the map, and these mechanics have existed before. Um, maybe you could just uh, reinforce a certain part of the map, and then whenever the heap is actually under attack, it functions in this certain kind of way. The other thing is, is um, the reason why I dislike a lot of tab target games is because Zergs and tab target games always reign supreme. Always. They always reign supreme. And the only argument against that is if the other Zerg is just better. If they're just much better players. That's the only other, uh, uh, you know, it, basically the biggest Zerg wins. Unless the other Zerg is just that much better players. They're not going to just outright beat a Zerg that's bigger than them. Why? Well, because there's no friendly fire, right? There's no way to hurt your own teammates. So why not just send 16 billion people at a problem? So like, let's say um, I'm PvPing and uh, I hear that Carla was just killed out in the world by, by a player, by a group of players, like three guys. So I could grab my two friends or let's say I could grab my guild of 30 guys and show up. Now, which one do you think most people would choose if they have the choice? They'd just choose the 30 guys so they can just get the guaranteed kills <laughs> and get the loot from that guy. Uh, or, you know, those guys, I should say. Um, but the problem with that is that then every problem just simply becomes, I will send more people, I will send more people, I will send more people, which is not strategy. That's not really tactical. That's not like how a general in a, in a war or a battle is going to handle a situation every time. They're not just going to send more people. They're, <laughs> they're going to do something different, like some different kind of tactics, some, some uh, maybe maneuver else that... They're not just going to keep sending more people. That's not the way to solve a problem. So I think that's part of the problem in open world PvP is like with no tab target, or sorry, with tab target and no projectiles and essentially no way of hurting your own teammates. Why not just send as many possible people as you can? Um, the deterrence for that are AOE, of course, and AOE from your own teammates <laughs> is like the extra insurance for that because then you can't just line aoe a spot which is what happens in open world as i think you were mentioning osai like guild wars is like that where you'll just have people just spam an area with aoe and why not there's no downside so you can just spam that area with aoe and if that player decides to walk up there they're going to get annihilated but what if spamming aoe was took resources and actually took mana <laughs> it actually could be penalized like say for example you walk up and they put a bunch of um storms down but you back out and then wait for them to subside and you go back in and all of a sudden those mages are low in mana that doesn't happen though but those strategical like elements don't happen in mmos because you just get your mana back instantly but think about in D D. in D D, it could happen that way because you have to prepare your spells there's a lot of other mechanics that go into it so basically like the game has to be more complex i know surprising right but the game has to be more complex if you want open world combat to be more than just mindless zerg to the next place, attack the door, capture the keep, go to the next place, zerg, 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 zerg. That's most open world PvP experiences. That's why I don't blame people who are like, oh, open world PvP just seems like ganking. It just seems like it's like skillless PvP. I don't, I don't blame a lot of those people for having that perspective because if you just watch it from the outside, that's how it looks. But then there's also players who, you know, like like Ginger and I, for example, who are used to PvPing in small groups. So we like PvPing either by ourselves or in a small group, more so than a big group, because we don't like to maybe draw all that attention, or we don't like being in a giant Zerg. It's it's more fun to pick on Zergs than it is to uh, be a Zerg who just rolls over everybody. But I guess that's my long-winded way of saying essentially, like, there has to be more complexity and tactics and mechanics 
and mechanics. I mean, friendly fire is a mechanic, right? Like if friendly fire is a mechanic, you add that into the game and you add targetable AOEs, give the ability to hit your own teammates, you change the way the game's played. You can't just Zerg rush everything because you might actually kill your own teammates if you do that. You can't just AOE spam everything because you might actually hurt your own structure, for example. Like there, there's other ways to go about it. And I think you just have to know how open world PvP actually works and how it usually devolves to. And that, in my personal opinion, if I could leave you guys with anything today, it'd be like, I think that's the biggest problem with PvP and MMOs is that it's designed by people who, frankly speaking, don't really PvP. And so they don't understand what the first problem of a system is going to be. And to bring it back to Legends of Aria, that's why I was so like confused whenever they told me oh, we're testing this out because I was thinking to myself, oh, wait a minute, you guys don't think this system has been tried before? <laughs> it's been tried a couple of times and it failed each of those times. So it's like you have to have a certain level of knowledge of how PvP works in a MMO or really just like how social dynamics work. If that sounds kind of strange, I know, but it's true. Like to design an MMO, especially PvP, which requires other players, you kind of have to know how players like interact with each other in the real world as well. Like how, how do people interact? Like what creates conflict, right? You need to know that. What creates tribalism? What creates um, faction immersion and loyalty? Those are actual things that could be played upon and have been played upon in MMOs before that help br break up a lot of the monotony of just zerging to the next zone, the next keep, etc., etc. But all right, so it got quiet, so I'll take that as the opportunity. Go ahead and end this roundtable. I'd like to thank everybody uh, for stopping by today, Carlo, Ginger, and Osai. Thank you. And um, obviously, there's a lot more to talk about here. I think we made some pretty interesting points. For example, maybe like adding in the whole immersion factor with the idea of being more strategical or tactical, or also having this mechanically intensive part. Carlo talked about obviously the net code and how realistic is this? And um, Osai will, was bringing up the majority of the questions <laughs> uh, uh, addressing those certain things. So I'd like to thank yes. everybody for stopping by. Um, today and joining me on the podcast and for the roundtable. Uh, see you guys later. Take it easy. Man. All right. See ya. Yeah. Righty. We got another roundtable out of the way, and um, hopefully next week we can get uh, a nice question as well. Something that's definitely not combat related. We don't keep having the same conversation. Um, does anybody have any more questions they'd like to ask me before I end the podcast? Couple, you can fit in a couple more questions, perhaps. Things off. Medieval games do appeal to those medieval morality because sometimes you can make a system and people will completely ignore it. I don't really agree, though, because in a video game, that's actually the complete opposite. In the real world, that's true. You could create uh, community rules and people could disregard them. But the problem in a video, or the thing in a video game, uh, not problem, but actually a strength of it is that you can actually enforce it with an actual video game mechanic. Um, the problem is, is that many developers think that their first attempt at something is kind of all they need. So like they, they attempt a big, broad or you know, risky mechanic, and then they're just like, damn, it didn't work right away. I guess it's not gonna work. And they don't change it or constantly evolve on it. And you have to, like, especially if it is risky. Like, there's just no way that you can not have to constantly iterate on something if it is a bold idea. You're not gonna get it right on your first attempt. What are your thoughts on Vindictus? Did you ever play it? 
I did play Vindictus. I know it's not much of an MMORPG, actually lacking the massive aspect, but it was pretty enjoyable for me once I got past the slog of leveling. I did play Vindictus, and I've said it before, but I think out of the Asian beat-em-up kind of action-style MMOs, I think it's one of the best, um, if you take away the fact that it's barely an MMO, I guess. But the combat's pretty damn good. How would you force group play? Because the game has none. So forcing group play is interesting. The easiest ways, I'm actually going to argue, aren't combat. It's actually part of... The, you have to make it part of the game. If you make it part of the game, like for example, you can buff each other. You can provide unique things to each other. There's class flair. Professions are unique. And so you need to go to like a burglar if you need to open a lock uh, picking box or, or a chest or something. And you need to go to a doctor if you need to cure some sickness. There needs to be mechanics um, from the classes themselves and the professions themselves that interact with players. Because that creates an environment where they're also mo more likely to want to help each other with combat. You know, it kind of works the same way. Like out in the real world, if somebody were to help me, like say for example, they were to open the door for me, then somebody were to immediately punch them. Psychologically speaking... I can tell you what my bias would be. My bias would be to help the person who just opened the door for me. And why is that? Because they just helped me. So it's like combat, you're more likely to work with those people who help you. So it's like if you can create a community feel, you're more likely to want to work with other players, period. But obviously the easy answer is just, of course, combat. Combat needs to be difficult enough and punishing enough that you wouldn't do it by yourself. And I think that there's plenty of examples of that. Um, EverQuest is a, a severe example of that, but it's a good example of that. Classic WoW is a good example of that. Galaxies was a good example of that. Um, you know, throughout its iterations, really, um, even on even in NGE, you needed help on big monsters. You couldn't just solo them. What's your best guess for the Star Citizen release? <laughs> uh, let's say 22, 2022. Any more questions? Anybody else have anything they want to get to? By the way, yeah, apparently uh, someone in guild chat is saying in about five hours or so, there's going to be name reserves in Classic WoW for those who are interested. I'm half serious as well. I feel like companies like being an EA since you can, you can criticize a game that's never technically released. It's it's true, Alundris. In fact, I think it's been used now to uh, escape getting reviewed. Because there's a couple of games, even games I've covered on my series, who were in early access and didn't officially have reviews. They just had impressions done. And it's like they can almost like skirt that because they're the, this early access thing. They cannot get reviewed seriously. Well, I'm here to tell you, I will review them seriously. Any game that costs me money, I review seriously. It's like... If if I'm going to review a game, if it costs me money, that's all I need to know is if it, if I'm going to review it seriously or not. The idea of like reviewing something just based on like a snapshot of how it is when they're charging you for it is just kind of like, eh, I'm going to judge it based off of how much they're charging me. If you're charging me $30, which is a completed game, I'm going to expect somewhat of a completed game, at least based on its core principles, which most of them lack. The answer to the uh, to live. Oh, the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Um, find something that you're passionate about. Find something that you love. Find a way to do it as much as you can, even if it doesn't make you money. 
find a way to make you money doing it and then find a way to balance it with other passions and other aspects in life there wrong 42 <laughs> is that dwight <laughs> do you think they could ever make it oh no that's uh that's um what's his name making fun of dwight do you think they could ever make an mmorpg out of dark souls someone must have had this idea before do you think it could be properly implemented you mean like an mmo scale with dark souls combat is that kind of what you mean because like i think that's possible um in fact, I would say Terror early on was a lot closer to that than maybe it is now. It's one of those things where people jump over the gap where it's the lowest, even if it means they'll lose out in the end. Like, a lot of social mechanics are never used because you can just stay silent and still get some of the reward. I mean, it depends on what you're talking about. Like, I, I guess, like, in most group situations, yeah, there always is at least one quiet guy. But, like, say, for example... If uh, you were playing Galaxies and you needed a entertainer buff, you couldn't be quiet. Was it wasn't possible? You needed to tell them what buff you needed. <laughs> so even if you only said uh, strength buff, like if you said STR buff, if that was all you said, technically speaking, you're still speaking, you're still interacting, still communicating, poorly or barely. So it's like in in that way, it's like. I'm not saying it's 100% a solution, but it is a solution. Now, it's not the solution, but it is a solution. So you need multiple solutions for a problem, especially one of social interactions and environments because it's hard to get that right in the real world, let alone in a video game where it's constantly evolving. Have you ever seen a talk where a guy talks about who are the kind of people who play MMORPGs alone, how they play the game and what their motivations are? I haven't seen that. Um, is it like an article or something? Yeah, I I definitely would watch that. I could say personally, like my bias is I don't really care what a solo player thinks, honest, because like I look at it from a macro perspective. So no offense to the solo players who only ever play solo, but I'm not thinking about you when I think about MMOs, not really. Um, you're the last thing I'm thinking. The first thing I'm thinking about is how do we make those players social? That's the first thing I'm thinking about. So I, I'm like literally on the other side of the spectrum. Well, solo MMOs are called RPGs. That's my argument as well, Carlo. Why would you want to play an MMO by yourself though? You could just play an RPG and treat it like an MMO. That's what I do. Like I play single player RPGs and I role play. Meaning, like, I pretend I'm my character, I pretend I'm interacting with these other characters in the world, and for a second or for however many hours it takes me to beat that game, I'm my character doing the things in the game. So I've never really understood the need to play an MMO to get that kind of experience because, first off, MMOs are inferior storytelling games. That's a fact. Until it's proven wrong so far, but that's a fact. They're worse combat games. That's a fact. We've gone over that enough. Um, they're worse at being immersive. That's a fact. Because, well, I mean, a single-player game can tailor everything to your experience perfectly. They don't have to worry about John and Joe and Bob's experiences. Just your experience. There could be a perfectly tailored experience for you. All about immersion. Getting you evolved into the game. And MMO is always going to struggle with the multiplicity thing. The whole fact that there's multiple people. 
And so the story has to be less specific if they want to do it on a broad scale, which is not how SWOTOR and Secret World and most of the MMOs that do story did them. They did them more on a small scale in instances. MMOs are great storytelling games, just not conventional storytelling. Well, yeah, and, and when I say story, I mean instance story. I just mean like contained story, which is most of the story that exists in MMOs is that kind of story. I actually would agree with you and argue that I think um, world story in an in a MMO is probably the most interesting story you can get because it's real, it's living, it happens. It it can happen when you wake up, a city's gone, a monster has taken over. You know what I'm saying? Like all of that shit is possible. It's been done before. That kind of storytelling lives with you forever because it's not just a game you played and you beat. You were there. You lived it. You experienced it. Like that's crazy storytelling, crazy immersion. But that doesn't happen a whole lot why doesn't it because well it's much cheaper and easier to make more contained story so that's what we get and that's why my argument is always why am i complaining or why am i playing a contained story mmo when the story is worse than a single player game so why even make it why am i playing this single player mmo why didn't you just make it a single player game that's what i ask myself all the time with swotor i would just be like this game's a pretty good single-player game, but I felt like it would have been a much better single-player game if it was an actual single-player game. Um, just as I thought it could have been a great multiplayer game if it wasn't trying to be an MMO, right? The fact that there are multiple people with their own interests, IMO improves immersion. I agree with that. I agree with that. Having some solo or having some content share, but when you go and make the entire MMO global, the game suffers. I, uh, I think absolutely it does. I don't think there's any argument that. Remember, guys, this shit was founded on D and D. D and D helped find uh, found text based games. Text based games helped find muds and graphic based text uh, adventures. Those helped find two D games, which found three D games, which put us where we're at now. Point is, it all comes from the pen and paper RPG D&D experiences. What D&D experience is better when you design it for only one player? When you're in a party of other players? None. <laughs> it, it, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. Everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own tale. Some people might have like bigger focuses during certain parts of the plot, but everybody has their own plot. Everybody's important. It's not just like you're not just like, yeah, I'm playing with four other adventurers, but I'm the only adventurer that matters. It doesn't work like that. Because it's not supposed to work like that. It's, a, it's about being collaborative group content. As a note, I had eight friends on a private Ragnarok online server. It was a great time going through the content the game had to offer. Did you link the video already? I didn't see if you linked it or not. Or maybe someone has to give you permission to link it. It's called Kingdoms of Amalur. <laughs> Only miss out on the PvP aspect. Special animal. What we need is Neverwinter Nights 3. Well, Am Aminus, I think they're trying to do that with uh, Baldur's Gate 3, if you've heard about that. They're kind of like teasing that they might be going for like a Neverwinter style thing.
Yeah, but D&D is also tailored to the table specifically. It is, but what if I told you, Alundris, that's how MMOs were originally designed as well. Because they were. They were originally designed as a little bit of players. MMOs weren't instantly massive. Massive, whatever that means, meant something different back then. Massive back then just meant 256 players. So, like, if you had 256 players, your game was massive. So, meaning, like, 256 players, your developers could tailor the game to the player base. Because it's not that big, right? 256 players is enough that you could tailor to. Um, just as smaller games, which, of course, existed um, in droves as well, um, probably were the norm uh, early on in text-based games. So, most of the, uh, the experiences were tailor-made. The problem arises when you have too many players to where the developers can't directly impact everybody's gameplay anymore. Well, now they have to start making macro decisions and less micro decisions. And I think that's part of the problem that arises. They get further and further away from that core group experience of what it means to tailor a game for a player. Perfect example. When I'm playing SWOTOR, and the game is really damn easy. It's just super easy early on, and I'm bored out of my mind. If I was playing the equivalent of a D&D experience, my DM could just make it more challenging, correct, right? Now, if I had my personal developer, the same thing could apply. My personal developer could make the game more challenging for me. However, a personal developer is not realistic when I have like a thousand and thousand, thousand, thousands of players. So obviously we're not gonna get a personal developer. But what if we could design a system where developers were, or at least some branch of developers, maybe like moderators, did have a lot more hands-on experience. They could impact things. They would change things like that. Maybe you could be the DM. Why even have to make the GMs do it? Why not give me the ability to affect my own instance? It's already an instance. Why not make me have the ability to make the quest harder, make the storyline harder? Because I want to. Why not? So that that's kind of another thing that I like to tackle with MMOs as well is yes people will say that oh but D&D is different because it's the table in theory yes but it actually conceptually they're very similar it's just that a developer is the DM and there's multiple developers so there's multiple DMs and there's way more players and you're not in front of the same uh, actual table you're online which online RP exists too D&D exists obviously but just throwing that in there as well Maybe the future of MMORPGs is procedurally generated content to fit the demands of a massive player base. I mean, a lot of that procedurally generated content ends up being boring because the activities themselves are boring. I think if the activities themselves can be fun, sort of like, you know, playing Mario Party, running around the board, is that the most fun thing ever? No, but the mini games are damn fun, right? So after every turn, you know you're going to get a fun mini game. I'll check out this video, but then I'm ready to wrap up here, guys. Oh, this is a long one. We might have to... I might have to table this one. Watch it on my own. Because other players are a-holes. Or wait, I want you guys to read the... Because other players are a-holes, this guy says. I've always played MMOs solo because I don't like playing a game... Or when a game is put on a schedule. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, so personally, I hate playing with other people. <laughs> but I really like to see them in my game. Feels alive in some ways. That makes sense to me. 
I know people like I get anxiety and self-conscious about my skill level and performance. And I wait until I leave. Well, that's kind of normal, though. <laughs> Everybody's like that in the real world. Whenever you're in a group where you feel like you're the worst, you get anxious, you get self-conscious, just like that in general. When you go play basketball with your friends, every friend has, or everyone has a friend who's, who sucks at basketball and hates when you go play basketball. I'm sure everyone in chat has a friend like that who's like, and you might even be that friend. You're just like, oh, come on, dude, it's five on five. Like, we need you. You're like, all right, dude. You can't even dribble. It happens. I don't know if that means anything bad about an MMO, just that you suck. I guess you got to get over the fact that you suck. It's always fascinating to watch guys like this confuse shyness with introvert. As an introvert gamer, I have to point out that it's not that we're afraid to talk to the pretty girl at the end of the bar, it's that we never went to the bar in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I play MMOs almost by myself simply because I can't stand the toxic population of MMO. What's ironic is he is part of that. By saying something like this, let me zoom in so you guys can see. People like this crack me up. You are part of the toxicity because you're not contributing to it. You're taking away from it. You're not even adding in to whatever you're saying is so bad in the first place, which means how are you any different than the people who are toxic? If anything, at least they're contributing. You're not even you're not even contributing. You're not you're literally not even contributing because people are toxic, which is toxic. If everyone didn't contribute, the game would die. That's just hilarious to me. About, uh, sometimes the rationale you see. All right, dude. I'm sure that's why you don't want to talk to 99% of people because they are all toxic, not you. 99% of anything is a, is a vast majority. I won't trust anybody who says 99% of something. <laughs> it would be toxic in, an, in the context of an MMO because if every player never said anything, the game wouldn't function in the same way. Well, since everyone else is sharing, okay, now people have stories. Okay, some people don't have real life fans. Yeah, that makes sense. There's certain charm into soloing challenges that usually needs a group of players to overcome. I agree with that. I agree with that. Good point. Yeah, I'll check this video. Whoops. I have another question I, I missed. Yeah, I guess there, there might be a different word. Toxic to me is when something doesn't work. And people are just like voicing like a lot of negative frustration. I guess that to me, a toxic environment be one where nobody talks, but technically speaking, socially, it wouldn't be toxic because nobody would be talking at all in a way. I still think that's pretty, people don't talk on purpose, not to talk, kind of toxic. My issue comes when MMOs start to cater to those players excessively. So the problem with that too is it starts like a, um, it starts as a uh, slippery slope, 
where all of a sudden you start adding in like easier difficulties and, and solo modes and solo instances. And, it, and then that's just where you think it's going to start and stop. But it never does. And why doesn't it? Well, because they start to realize, well, shit, we can make money off of selling people individual story experiences. So why don't we just like focus on that instead? And that's what they do. They, they focus on that instead. That was the idea with EverQuest Next, where your actions and how you acted in the world impacted EverQuest Next. On that note, um, I'd like to thank everybody for stopping by and watching me on this week's podcast. Thank you for everyone who has participated in the chat, who stopped by for the MMO roundtable, who asked me questions, and just for showing up as always. Um, I'm going to go ahead and use this opportunity out of this room, put my ass off anymore. Also, I'm a little bit hungry. So yeah, anyway, thank you everyone for joining me today looking at uh, the auto assault video coming out next week um congrats to everybody celebrate on the rppp server with me and now um Robulus, if you forgot board side come play with us um i've got nothing else to add so i will see you guys later it was nice to join you guys on 12th of august second uh monday of the week and just one monday away two mondays away technically from the launch of WoW Classic. So that's going to be exciting. Can't wait for that and can't wait for the next podcast. See you guys next week or see you guys on Friday for another MMO stream. Don't worry. I'm keeping up with my homework. I'm playing Final Fantasy 14. I promise. All right. See you later, guys.